0: ونستغفره ونأود بالله من شرور ومن fala أعمالنا. الله فلا مضلله، ومين يدل فلا هادي له. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له، وأشهد أن محمدا عبده the praise belongs to Allah we praise him is his slave servant and his messenger. We'd like to begin this evening in this our 19th lecture from the book Kitab al-Tawheed الَّذِي هُوَ حَقُوا اللَّهُ عَلَى Al That is the book of Tawheed, the worship of Allah alone or the acknowledgement and recognition of Allah's rights that are unique to him alone that should not be shared with anyone and that Tawheed, it is the right of Allah alone, His exclusive right, to be acknowledged by His perfect names and characteristics, and that He alone is the Lord and Creator of the heavens and the earth, and that He is the only one that should be worshipped. Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, in this chapter, entitled, Dab, maja'a min at Allah inda rajulin salih, in title of this chapter, Bab مَا fi at What has been mentioned? Here he mentions four proofs, four hadith of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. What has been mentioned in the authentic hadith concerning at is The severe condemnation of the one who does this action. At taglidh Abdullah in the qabr rajul the severe condemnation of the one who worships Allah but worships Allah at the grave of a righteous person not worshipping the grave but worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala near the grave of a righteous person thinking that the worship near that grave is better than worshiping Allah someplace else and yani he thinking that being near to the grave and the one who is buried in that grave but there is some benefit in it. When in fact the worship of Allah is not connected to human beings or anything in His creation. Except what Allah has legislated of places or times and so on. The severe condemnation of the one who worships Allah but worships Him near the grave of a righteous person. فَكَيْفَ إِذَا عَبَدَهُ if, if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi warned severely and condemned those who performed an act of worship near the grave of a righteous person, thinking that that was a means to get near to Allah or to earn the pleasure of Allah, then how much more so is the condemnation of the one who worships, not Allah, but worships the one who is in the grave. If the worship of Allah near the grave is condemned, then what about the one who worships the grave? How much more severe is this? This is... The title of this chapter And here Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab Intends by this chapter To show The proof From these hadith Which talk about The worship of Allah Or those who pray Who pray To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Pray to Allah But near the graves of the righteous He intends to show That if this is condemned Then what about that Which is worse than it Worshipping Allah Near the grave It is A means or a way that leads to shirk, to major shirk. And we have mentioned on numerous occasions previously, that that which is agreed upon by the scholars concerning minor shirk, is that of the minor shirk, is the means, the wasail that lead to major shirk, those means that lead to major shirk, they are also considered a shirk, but minor shirk. So worshipping Allah near the grave of the righteous, it is minor shirk it is that which leads to major shirk because eventually in time it would lead the people to the worship of the one who is in the grave so here his argument is that the shirk is of two types a shirk al-akbar and a shirk al-asgar shirk al-akbar is worshipping the one in the grave and shirk al-asgar minor shirk it is worshipping Allah but near the grave and both of these are condemned Though one of them obviously is worse than the other. Praying to the one in the grave, supplicating the one in the grave, making sacrifice to the one in the grave, asking for one's needs from the one in the grave, making tawaf around the grave. These are acts of worship. Making an oath or a vow or a sacrifice or supplication to the one in the grave is an act of worship. And any act of worship that is offered to other than Allah is major shirk. The person who dies on major shirk without having repented from it. If they died without having repented from it, then they are in the hellfire eternally, forever however if a person repents from that which they have done then Allah accepts sincere repentance before beginning with the first evidence just quickly I want to read the introductory remarks of Shaykh Abdurrahman Ibn Nasr al Sa'di, Rahimahullah in his explanation of Kitab al Tawhid entitled Al-Qawl Al-Sadeed and he says that in this chapter the author mentions what has has been reported concerning Al-Ghulu, exaggeration of the graves of the righteous which lead to them becoming objects of worship and their worship instead of Allah in this chapter and the one before it it will become clear if the details of this topic is mentioned that the actions of those who worship near the graves or the, actions of, or the actions of those what they do near the graves of the righteous that this is either shirk or it leads to shirk because that which is done near the graves is of two types that which is mashrua legislated in the sharia and that which is mamnu' that which is prohibited in the sharia of that which is legislated al-mashrua is visiting the graves in the way that Allah has legislated or in the way that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi has advised us or demonstrated That is, without traveling to some place to visit a grave. To visit the graves in the place where a person is. Visiting the graves of the Muslims in order to pray for them. Not to pray to them. In order to ask Allah for them. Not to ask them to ask Allah for us. Going to the grave to pray for the righteous. To pray for the believers. And as well as a means of remembering the hereafter. This is what is legislated in terms of visiting the graves. And as for that which is not legislated, that which is mamnu'ah, prohibited, is of two types, one of them is haram, it is forbidden, it is of the means that lead to shirk, such as seeking something by being near the grave, seeking some favors from Allah by being near the grave, or praying to Allah near the grave, or lighting lamps at the grave, or building structures over the grave, and so on. As long as, it doesn't actually reach the level of being ibadah. As long as it doesn't reach the level of ibadah, then all of these are prohibited, because they are means that lead to shirk, and therefore the wasail of shirk, they are also considered as minor shirk. The second type of the prohibited visiting the grave, is the one that is not only prohibited, but it is major shirk, and this is making supplication to those who are in the grave, seeking the help, asking for one's needs. All of of these are acts of worship, and they are major shirk. And this is, exactly what the pagans in the time of the Prophet ﷺ used to do with their idols and yani asking them for their needs or asking them for help in time of difficulty and so on and also the shaykh says and this is an important point that those who pray to the dead in the grave whether they in their mind think their supplication to them is only a means to get something from Allah, not that those in the grave are actually answering their supplication, but by asking the one in the grave that the supplication will get to Allah. Whether the person thinks that this one is not independent, but only a means to get near to Allah, or they think the one they are praying to in the grave is actually independent of Allah and capable of answering their supplication, there is no difference between them. Whoever supplicates to the one in the grave as an independent source of help or as a dependent source of help, in any case Supplicating anyone other than Allah, it is shirk, major shirk. And both and, and both of these are prohibited. In fact, this is what the pagans, this is what the pagans, uh, this was their belief. It was their belief that those who they supplicated and sought help from of their idols or whatever they worshipped, that they were only a means to get near to Allah. And Allah considered them as mushrikeen, those who practice major shirk, and whose destination was the hellfire. And this is similar to the saying of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and Surah Az-Zumar. Chapter 3 مَنَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيَقَرَّبُونَا إِلَى اللَّهِ yani That we didn't worship them except that they would get us near to Allah To get near to Allah That they were means to get near to Allah In fact they took them as objects of worship and they were mushriks The first evidence that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab mentions in this chapter of the four hadith that he mentions. The first of them he says, Tis-Sahih. Here again, sometimes the scholars when they said al sahih they meant al-Bukhari. Sometimes they meant Muslim. And sometimes they meant both of them. In this particular case, this hadith is reported by both al-Bukhari and Muslim. It is muttafaqun Alayh, agreed upon its authenticity by both imams al-Bukhari and Muslim. Rahimahum Allah. في الصحيح عن عائشة رضي الله عنها it has been reported from رضي الله عنها أن أم سلمة رضي الله عنها ذكرت لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كنيسة رأتها بأرض الحبشة وما فيها من الصور that أم سلمة عائشة ناريت that أم سلمة رضي الله عنها had mentioned to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, a church, a Kanisa, that she saw in Abyssinia, in Habasha, in Ethiopia, when she was there, when the Muslims made Hijrah before the Hijrah to Medina. She had mentioned later on, after returning, she mentioned to the Prophet وسلم, the church, a church that she had seen in Ethiopia, in Abyssinia, containing many images, Asur. And Asur in the Arabic language. The correct interpretation or translation of a is asura is images, not pictures, nor statues. Because pictures are limited, and statues are limited. Each of them have a specific meaning, while images include both of them, and the Arabic word surah, the plural of surah, it actually means any type of image, whether it is three-dimensional, with having a physical form, or whether it is on a piece of paper, or cloth, or painting, or sketch, or whatever. It includes all of that. And here, what is meant here is any type of images. Images of beings, creatures that have a ruh. Yani, zawat al Those creatures that have a spirit or a soul. Living beings. She said that she saw in it, images. فقال Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم, the Prophet صلى said to her, أولائك إذا مات فيهم الرجل الصالح أو العبد الصالح بَنَوْ عَلَىٰ قَبْرِهِ مَسْجِدًا وَصُوَّرُوا فِيهِ تِلْكَ He said, those people that she was referring to, here it was referring to the Christians, because she said she saw it in a church. However, this is applicable both to the Christians and Jews, but here it is specifically mentioned related to the Christians. He said, أُولَيْكَ Those people, إِذَا مَاتَ or عَبْدُ الصالي, Whenever a righteous man, or a righteous pious servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dies amongst them, then they build over his grave a masjid meaning a place of worship a church or a synagogue a place of worship place that they take as a place of worship then they build over his grave a place of worship and they make pictures in that place of worship as she has seen then they make these pictures here the author actually quotes as though it is a part of the hadith, but it is not a part of the hadith that is the end of the hadith and then he quotes the saying of Shaykh Ibn Taymiyyah where he said and here in fact part of the hadith is, 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 is deleted Naam it is, he said that they build over their graves places of worship and they make those pictures in them أُولَٰئِكَ Naam these they are the most wicked or the most evil of creatures in front of Allah. And yani those who do such, who build buildings over graves as places of worship and make pictures of those in those graves, he said, shararul they are the most evil or the most wicked of all of the creatures in Allah. And then he mentions the saying of Shaykh Islam Taymiyyah. These people they have combined two fitness, two great evils fitna Fitna til kubur, or Fitna al الْتَمَاثِيلِ The fitna of the graves, that is worshipping those in the graves or worshipping near the graves and the fitna of a tamathil, the fitna of images and here generally the word tamathil in Arabic language is commonly today used to mean statues or three dimensional images while in fact in the Arabic language a tamathil or timsal is not limited to three dimensional images and in fact, the word here, tamathil, is used by Shaykh Ibn Taymiyyah, while in the hadith itself, the word that is used is swara, which is definitely more general, including all types of images. The Prophet said, they are the most wicked of all creatures in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Shaykh Ibn Taymiyyah said, they have combined between two great fitness, two great evils, the worshipping near the graves, and the making of pictures or images of those who are in the grave, or of those who they exalt and glorify. The author of the Sharh, Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Aziz, Al-Qaraawi, of Allah, says, that in this hadith, Aisha radiallahu anha, informs us that, Um Salama radiallahu anha, informed the Prophet wasalam, that she saw, saw a place of worship for the Christians. The place of worship where the Christians worship, in Ethiopia, and that was at the time when she had migrated with her first husband, that is, Abu Salama, who she was married to before, before, she was married to the Prophet Sallallahu after his death. So she mentions what she saw at that time when she was there due to hijrah. And that they had made pictures in this place of worship. The Prophet Sallallahu informed her the reason for this. Why they made these pictures and why they did such actions. He said it is because the Christians, whenever a righteous man dies amongst them, they build over his grave a place to be used as a place of worship. And they make pictures of him inside of it. This was their custom, it was their ada, it was their habit. Then the Prophet made it clear that those who do such actions that they are the worst or the most evil of all creatures in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From this hadith the Shaykh mentions and the one who is explaining the book Al Qarawi, Hafizahullah he mentions four benefits. The first of them is the acceptance of the information that comes from al mara Al-Adil. The woman who is yani who is trustworthy, who is of good character, then you may accept information that comes from her. She is reliable and acceptable to accept information from. The second of them is that taking pictures or making images in the places of worship, it is from the custom of the Christians. Muslims should be aware of such. Number three, the prohibition of building places of worship over graves. The prohibition Tahrim Bilan Masajir al Kubur that it is prohibited, it is haram, to build structures over the graves. And number four, Tahrim Wada Kubur, the prohibition of placing pictures above the graves. And we find this today in the cemeteries, even in some of the Muslim lands. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion and the severe condemnation of those who worship Allah near the grave of the righteous, it is that this hadith shows that it is a severe a severe prohibition a severe prohibition concerning those who build structures over the graves of the righteous and make these places or take these places as, a, as places of worship of Allah that means they take these places as a place of worship of Allah so in that case if this is condemned then what about those who actually worship the one who is in the grave, not worshiping Allah the relationship between this hadith and the, and the book, the general topic of at is that this hadith indicates the se- severe warning of building places of worship over the graves due to the fact that those who are in the graves will become exalted they will become extolled and aggrandized. And for this and this exaltation or glorification, it is a it is an act of worship. Glorifying other than Allah is an act of worship and offering any worship to other than Allah is shirk. The next evidence that the Imam mentions Rahimahallah, ma Anha, and also they have narrated from her, meaning they, the two of them, Al Bukhari and Muslim, they have also narrated from her, Aisha radiyaAllahu anha, لما نزل برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم At the time, لما نزل برسول الله لما نزل الموت At the time when death came, when death approached the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم When the angel of death came to him, when Allah sent down the angel of death At the time of his death, when death was approaching him لما نزل برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تفق يترح he began to cover his face with a piece of cloth that he had He began to take the cloth and cover his face from it While he was suffering From the pains of death At the time of the approach of death The agony of death He used to take the cloth and put it over his face And when he couldn't breathe from covering his face Then he would take it back off again She said Radiallahu الله أنها, That he was doing so فَإِذَا اِرْتَمَّا Biha Yani whenever he couldn't breathe, it prevented him from breathing, then he would re- remove it so that he could breathe. فَقَالَ وَهُوَ كَذَلِكَ While he was in that condition, he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, yani at the time of death, at the time when death, when his soul is about to be taken from his body, at such a severe moment, in a time of pain and suffering and agony and distress, he didn't find it as a minor matter to make a statement of warning of the Muslims from a a terrible evil. He said, May the curse of Allah be upon the Christians and the Jews. The curse of Allah. A la'an from Allah, it means that a person be far removed from the mercy of Allah. Whereas a la'an or cursing from the human beings means that they say bad words against someone or they make supplication against them. But the la'an of Allah, it means that a person be far removed from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet said at that terrible moment, at that difficult moment of distress and agony and pain, لَعْنَتُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْيَهُودُ وَالْنَصَارَةِ Why did he say the curse of Allah be upon the Christians and the Jews? He said, اِتَّخَذُوا كُبُورَ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ مَسَاجِدًا It is because they took the graves of their prophets as places of worship. Because they took the graves of their prophets. What about those who take the graves of so-called saints or ordinary people? Or even those who are evil and wicked, they take their graves as places of worship. These people, they took the graves of prophets, the prophets and messengers of Allah, as a place of worship and they are condemned for doing so. The prophet some said, the curse of Allah be upon the Christians and Jews, because they took the, the graves of their prophets as places of worship. Then Aisha says, in that which appears to be part of the hadith, يُحَذِّرُوا مَا That the Prophet ﷺ, she understood that the Prophet ﷺ was warning against what the Christians and Jews had done in taking the graves of the Prophet or the graves of the righteous as places of worship. The Prophet ﷺ was warning his Ummah from such. And then she said, "Walaula لَذَلِكَ أُبْرِذَا قَبْرُهُ غَيْرَ أَنَّهُ خَشِيَ أو In various narrations, it came as خَشِيَ أو خُشِيَ and يُتَّخَذَا مَسْجِدًا Yani, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pronounced the curse of Allah on people who do such, and that He warned His ummah against such, and, that there, and if it wasn't for the fact that there was a fear that His grave would be taken as a place of worship, if not for that, then they would have made His grave to be in an open place, as the other graves were in the cemetery or in a normal place, in the Baqiyah cemetery or otherwise. But because of the warning of the Prophet and the fear that His grave would be taken as a place of worship, they didn't allow it to be in an open place but they left him to be buried in the place where he died that is one of the reasons and the second reason is because of the hadith that was reported by Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu he said that Allah doesn't take the souls of the prophets except that he takes it in the place that they love to be buried in and they should be buried in the place where they die. and therefore he was buried in the room of Aisha where he died and he stayed in that place but when he died she built a wall around his grave to separate that part of the room that she lived in and slept in from the part of the room where the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was buried and later another wall was placed and that was in the time of Al-Walid Ibn Malik who was the Khalifa and the leader of the people in Medina at that time was Umar bin Abdul Aziz Rahimahullah at that time a wall was placed, a second wall was placed around the grave but in triangular shape to the north meaning to the direction that the people and he's facing the people who are facing the Qibla, because the Qibla is south to Mecca, Medina being north of Mecca. In the northern part of the grave, two walls were placed in such a way that they met one another, so that no one could face directly the grave. And later another wall, complete a high wall was built in a later time when the masjid was expanded. And finally, a, a metal wall was placed around the grave, which is there today. So that there are four walls around the grave of the Prophet, so that no one, and none of them have doors except the metal gates that are outside, but even if somebody went inside the metal gates, there are three walls behind there and they have no doors to them and this was a means that the Muslims attempted to use, to prevent any possibility of anyone going to the grave of the prophet or getting near to it or facing it directly so that uh, they would prevent it being taken as a place of worship so she said, if it wasn't for that then his grave would have been put out in the open except for fear, except that the companions of the prophet Radiallahu anhum ajma'een Except that they feared that his grave might be taken as a masjid or except that he feared وسلم, that his grave would be taken as a masjid. Therefore he was buried where he died and the wall one after another was placed from one generation to another until it is as we found it today. The Sheikh says the general meaning of this hadith is that Aisha has informed us that at the time when the death approached the Prophet, at the, at the time near his death, uh while he was in the agony of death and here let me say that in the translation of the Sharh of Kitab al-Tawheed there is a serious mistake which and we don't have time to correct the mistakes but this one is serious enough if anybody has the Sharh then you should pay attention here that the translator has mentioned that the reason for the Prophet prohibiting his companions from burying him outside of his house was to prevent them from taking his grave as a place of worship. In fact what is mentioned what is actually mentioned is that what prohibited them, not that the Prophet prohibited them but what prohibited them after his death from burying him outside of his room was fear that his grave might be taken as a place of worship by those who came after them not by the companions of the Prophet that who the Tawheed had been established with them that after his death they would take his grave as a place of worship and likewise he has mentioned here also in the explanation of this hadith that the shaykh said قال وَهُوَ فِي سَقَرَةُ الْمَوْتِ that the Prophet SAW said while he was in the agony of death saqaratul الْمَوْتِ he said that while he was in delirium and that's not the meaning of saqaratul الْمَوْتِ delirium means that a person is confused doesn't know what they are saying but the Prophet sallam knew exactly what he was saying his mind was clear, he was in the pains of death, he was, the, the death was approaching him but he knew what he was saying and the proof that he knew what he was saying was that he warned against something that was a terrible evil even though he was you know, at the time of the approach of death. So at that time uh, he said the curse of Allah be upon the Jews and the Christians and that is because they built graves or they built uh, places of worship over the graves of their prophets." And Aisha radiAllahu anha she understood from this that he wanted to warn his ummah from falling into that which the Christians and Jews had fallen into. He wanted to warn them against building over his grave a masjid. And then she made clear that what had prevented the companions radiAllahu anhu majm'a'in what prevented them from burying him outside of his room it was their fear that others who came after them might take his grave as a place of worship. From this hadith the shaykh mentions eight points or benefits The first of them is clarification uh, of, the, of the extent to which Or the severity to which the Prophet ﷺ Suffered pain and agony at the approach of death Even though he is the messenger of Allah This is the proof that he is a human being Like every other human being Who suffers the pain and the agony at the approach of death Likewise the Prophet ﷺ Suffered from such And we know that those who, the Prophet, uh, those who Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala cause to suffer from amongst the believers, it is only to increase their reward. For whoever suffers any difficulty or harm, and is patient with it, it is, it is indeed a means of raising their status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on yom qiyamah. Number two, the care and concern of the Prophet sallallahu for his ummah. And this hadith is a clear proof of his concern for his ummah, and the care that he took to warn them and to protect them from any harm coming to them. Number three, the permissibility of cursing, the kuffar, al in general, the permissibility of cursing the Kufa in general and by the way one of the brothers asked me last week about this point which was mentioned in another hadith from last week uh, about those who curse the leaders of the Kuffar today or who make dua against them and I said to him that the general rule is to make supplication against the disbelievers or the pagans or the wicked or the evil or the moon and so on in general and not to mention them specifically however, after I went home, I recalled that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi on more than one occasion, maybe on two occasions he did make supplication against some of the leaders of Kufr uh, in one of the hadith narrated by Anas رضي الله Anas ibn Malik that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made kunut for one month praying against the leaders of the pagans at the time when they had persecuted the Muslims however, still the general rule is that supplication against the Kufar should be in general and not specific and indeed the Prophet ﷺ, he knew by revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those who were going to die on kufr and on their paganism and those who would yani, accept Islam number four, the prohibition of building over graves and yani in general, the general prohibition of building any yani, structures over the graves and yani it is prohibited to build any kind of structure whether a house or a masjid or a building, any kind of structure over the grave is prohibited number five and this hadith is a refutation against those who allow the building of structures over the graves of the ulama, over the scholars, making a distinction between them and others and in this hadith is a proof against them indeed if the prophet sallallahu warned against building structures over the graves of prophets and messengers then what about building structures over the graves of scholars who are less than them Number six, that building upon the graves, building structures over the graves is Al سنن اليهود and yani it is from the ways of the christians and jews therefore the muslims who follow in this practice they are taking as their imams or their leaders the christians and jews they are taking their, as leaders the christians and jews and following them in the most evil of their actions that is that which leads to shirk number seven the classification of the fiqh of Aisha radiallahu anha and here fiqh it doesn't mean jurisprudence it means fahm and the clarification of the understanding, the clarity of the thinking of Aisha radiallahu anha, in understanding the reason for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cursing the Christians and Jews and understanding that he meant for this to be a warning against his ummah Number eight, in this hadith is also clarification of the reason why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was buried in his room and why he wasn't buried in the cemetery in an open place that the people could easily reach uh, concerning the relationship of this hadith to the chapter yani the stern condemnation of those who worship Allah near the graves of the righteous so what about those who worship the righteous yani the dead in the grave themselves the, the relationship between this hadith and this chapter is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of building masjids or places of worship over the graves even if it is for the worship of Allah, i.e. the worship of Allah near the graves. This is prohibited, so what about those who worship other than Allah, i.e. worship those who are buried in the graves. And the relationship of this hadith to the chapter of Tawheed or the topic of Tawheed in general is that this hadith indicates the warning against building structures or places of worship over the graves because it includes the exaltation or glorification of those who are buried in the graves and at or glorification is an act of worship and whoever offers it to other than Allah has fallen into shirk the third hadith that the author mentions wa muslim and jundub ibn abdillahi radiya anhu that al-imam muslim rahimahullah has mentioned a hadith reported by jundub ibn abdullah radiya allahu anhu سَمَعَتُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَمُوتَ بِخَمْسٍ جندرب رضي الله عنه he said that I heard the Prophet before his death five days before his death and just before his death by five days I heard him وَهُوَ يَقُولُ and he was saying إِنِّي أَبْرَأُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ أَيَّكُونَ لِي مِنْكُمْ خَلِيلٌ that he said I am prohibited, I am held back and I deny that I have taken anyone from amongst you as a khalil I haven't taken anyone from amongst you as a khalil a khalil it means the highest level of nearness or friendship or love yani the, the, the highest degree of the perfection of pure love that one has for no one other than that one who is the khalil yani it's not shared with anyone else the love that someone has for another that love which is on the level that is not shared, that type of love with anyone else. He said, I haven't taken anyone from amongst you, from amongst my ummah, as a khalil. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ اِتَّخَذَنِي خَلِيلًا كَمَا اِتَّخَذَ Ibrahim خَلِيلًا And that is because Allah has taken me as, his, as a khalil. Allah has taken me as a khalil. Therefore, I cannot take anyone else as a khalil other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has taken me as a khalil, just as He has taken Ibrahim salam." as a khaleel وَلَوْ كُنْتُ مُتَّخِذًا مِنْ خَلِيلًا خَلِيلًا and if I were to take anyone if I were to take someone as a Khalil, someone from my ummah as a Khalil, then I would have taken abu bakr as my Khalil. there was no one that had more right to be his Khalil. if it wasn't that Allah has taken him as a khaleel there's no one of the ummah of Islam that has more right to be taken as a khalil than Abu Bakr Siddiq siddiq radiallahu anhu. And this is indeed a clear indication of the preference and superiority of Abu Bakr siddiq radiallahu anhu over all of the other sahaba. He said, if I was to take anyone from Ummah as a khalil, I would have taken Abu Bakr as a khalil. And then he said, that which is the shahid or the point of note in this hadith that we want to talk about, It is the saying of the Prophet ﷺ أَلَا وَإِنَّ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكُمْ كَانُوا يَتَّخِذُونَ هُبُورَ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ مَّسَاجِدِ That isn't it so? Indeed that those who came before you They used to take the graves of their prophets as masjids, as places of worship Indeed those who came before you, the previous nations Specifically the Christians and Jews They used to take the graves of their prophets as places of worship أَلَا فَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا فَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا الكبورة مَسْجِدًا So don't take the graves as places of worship and أَنْحَاكُمْ أَنْذَلِكِ The Prophet تتخذوا, he said So don't take, it is prohibited Don't take the graves as places of worship فَإِنِّي أَنْحَاكُمْ أَنْذَلِكِ For indeed I have prohibited you from doing so It is clear that it is prohibited It is haram and this hadith before the Imam Muslim The Sheikh says the explanation of this hadith that Jundab ibn Abdullah Abdillah Anhu informs us that the Prophet sallallahu at the time when death was approaching him ya'ani five days before his death close to his death at the time when death was approaching him he denied that he has taken anyone from the creatures as a khalil and that is because his heart was filled with the love of Allah alone just as the heart of his father the heart of our father Ibrahim alayhi salam, before him was filled with the love of Allah alone Then he made clear that if he had the intention if Allah decreed that he should take someone as a khalil from amongst the creatures then no one had more right to be his khalil than Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and that is because of the virtue and superiority of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq in supporting the da'wah and his intense support of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then the author says Wallahu alam I mean I am saying Allahu alam the author says and when he knew, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi knew that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een That they loved him And that they gave preference to him over their own selves And here again in the Shah, the translation of this expression is wrong The correct meaning of the, what the Shaykh says here that the, That he is saying يحبونهم, that the Sahaba loved him, and and that they gave preference to him over their own selves. When he knew this, Khashiah and he feared that they might build a structure or they might build a place of worship over his grave, just as the Christians and Jews did, with the graves of their prophets. So he prohibited them from taking the graves as places of worship. And of course the first one that we should be warned against is taking the grave of the one that has, is more likely to be taken as the, place of, as the place of worship That is the grave of the Prophet sallallahu From this, any, none of the other scholars that I have checked the sharh in a number of books including the sharh of Sheikh Abdurrahman As-Sadi and Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih Uthaymeen and Sheikh Ahmed Shaqir and others None of them mentioned this last point but in any case what is clear is that the Prophet ﷺ indeed knew that from amongst those who would come later who were far away from Tawheed and Iman that they might take his grave as a place of worship as we have, as we have witnessed today and he indeed warned for this reason to warn anyone from his Ummah and the least likely of those who needed this warning was the Sahaba and the more likely are those who came later especially in the last days that we are living in today the Sheikh mentioned six points from this hadith the first of them is the confirmation of خُلَّة النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم لله يعني that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم has been given this high status of being the Khalil of Allah wa وتعالى number two the confirmation of صفة mahabbah لله that the characteristic or divine quality of المحبة it is attributed to Allah wa وتعالى that Allah loves that Allah loves the believers and so on number three the confirmation of Khulla to Ibrahim alayhi salam, that also Ibrahim, the Prophet of Allah, that he also had this high status before the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi Wasallam the status of being a Khalil of Allah. And they are the only two of the, of the creatures of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the only of his creatures that he has given this high status to, of this, any position of nearness and being beloved by him. Number four, the clarification of the excellence and superiority of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, and a indication, indirect indication, that he has the more right to be the Khalifa. Yani if he is the one who was most loved, and he is the one who has more right to be the Khalil of the Messenger of Allah, if he had taken someone as a Khalil, then indeed he had more right to take his place to be the khalifa, to be the successor of the Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after his death and this is an indirect indication from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam of the right of Abu Bakr to, Khali- to the Khilafah as opposed to those who said someone other than him such as the Rafi the Shia who said that uh, Ali had more right to be the khalifa while in this hadith is a clear proof against their falsehood uh, Number five, that building a uh, place of worship over the graves it is of the sunan of al umam as sabiqa of the previous nations it is from their way or their practice to build places of worship over the graves and number six the prohibition of taking the graves as places of worship and finally number seven wujub said al-zarayah the obligation of closing the way Said al-zarayah the obligation and this is from the principles of usul that it is obligatory that whenever we know that something may lead to evil or harm or that which is haram, then we must close the way. And the Prophet ﷺ was closing the way that would lead to shirk by prohibiting the building of places of worship over the graves and by making pictures of those who had died, who passed away, or even those who are living that might be glorified or extolled and then leading to the worship of them. This is a general principle, the obligation of Siddh al zarai And I think the translator has said closing the way, the way to that which is do you have the book, Ahmed? What does he say on this point? The last point, number seven. Undesirable. Now it doesn't mean undesirable, and he doesn't mention undesirable otherwise. But he said the the obligation of closing the way. But here, said asarai, it means closing the way to what is harmful, or what is evil, or that which is prohibited. Not only undesirable. Not only that which is undesirable, but that which is harmful in any way, or that which is evil, or that which is haram. And in this case he is talking about a shirk The relationship of this hadith to the chapter heading is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of building places of worship above or upon the graves. So what about the one who worships the one in the grave? The relationship of this hadith to the topic of a tawheed is that in this hadith there is a prohibition. The Prophet wasallam said, فَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا الْقُبُورْ مَسَاجِدًا Don't take the graves as places of worship. This is a prohibition. لَا النَّاهِيَ Means it is prohibited. It is haram. And then he said فَإِنَّنِي أن ذلك Which is even more clear He said indeed I have prohibited you. I have prohibited you from doing so. So in this hadith is a clear prohibition of building places of worship over the graves or taking the graves as places of worship even without a building. Because in this is glorification of those who are in the graves and this glorification or is a type of worship and whoever offers worship to other than Allah has fallen into shirk. And the last hadith and the last, last proof which the author rahimahullah, mentions in this chapter is that which Wali Ahmed rahimahullah, be be in Jayid and Ibn Mas'ud that Imam Ahmed has married in his Musnad with a good hadith, an acceptable, legitimate hadith from Ibn Mas'ud. That is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, marfu'an. Meaning that he narrated this hadith attributing it to the Prophet, as a saying of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, إِنَّ مِنْ شَرَارِ شَرَارِ الناس مَنْ تُدْرِقُهُمْ أَسْتَاعَةُ وَهُمْ أَحْيَاءُ يعني yani there are some amongst the, the most wicked, some amongst the most wicked. إِنَّ مِنْ شَرَارِ الناس not that they are the most evil of people, but from amongst the most evil of people, and there are others besides them, from amongst the most evil of people, are those who the hour reached them. The hour of judgment comes upon them while they are living. Yeah, I mean the hour of judgment actually would not actually take place until the believers, until Allah sends the wind across the earth and removes all of the believers from the earth, so that none of those who have Iman in their heart would actually witness Qiyamah but the signs of the judgment they may see but the actual judgment when it begins none of the believers would be upon the face of the earth so the prophet said من الناس من تدركهم الساعة وهم that the hour comes upon them, the hour of judgment while they are living on the earth and also from amongst the most evil and wicked of the people والذين يتخذون and also those who take the graves as places of worship and here the prophet has made a comparison between the kuffar, only the kuffar will remain on the earth at the, at, the, at the beginning of the judgment, he made a comparison between them and those from amongst the Muslims who would be like them, because they will be doing the actions of the kuffar, that is, that which leads to shirk or that which is shirk, taking the graves as places of worship. Rawahu Abu Hatim fi Sahih, and also Abu Hatim rahimahullah has mentioned this hadith in his Sahih from this hadith the shaykh mentions four points or benefits that are offered. the general explanation of this hadith he says here the messenger of Allah has informed us in this hadith of two groups from the most evil of humanity and they are those who the hour of judgment would come upon yani while they are living and those who build upon the graves places for worship and even though they might take them as places of worship of Allah they are the second or, not only those, from amongst them there are two types those who build structures over the graves as places of worship and also those who pray at the graves even without any structure being built upon them and these are both the same but two types and those who build structures as places of worship and those who don't build any structure but they take the place near the grave as a place of worship and they worship near it even though there are no walls built around it and they are the same uh, and that is because what it entails, yani taking the graves as places of worship, it entails glorification or exaltation of those who are in the grave, and also of humanity, or the most evil of humanity, uh, and this is something that is not acceptable to the one whose, whose nature is pure, <inaudible> the one whose nature has not been corrupted, but who is on the nature that Allah created him upon, doing such would never be accepted to them, and likewise uh, no one would allow it or consider it acceptable who has in his heart even an ant's weight of iman, or an atom's weight of iman. Because this is both and it is the story. Kalam للكلام عن مواضعه يعني it, it means that someone has taken the speech of Allah the speech of the Prophet and interpreted it in a way, distorted it in a way other than what it was meant to mean. And also it is in contradiction to the authentic text and نصوص Sahihah from the Quran and from the pure sunnah. Then the shaykh mentions four points. The miracle of the Prophet in that what he had informed us about of taking the graves and building places of worship upon them actually has now taken place after his time. That he informed us about it and it indeed indeed did take place. The second of them is that the hour would not come while any of the believers are remaining upon the earth. The hour of judgment would not take place while a believer is present on the earth. Because Allah will remove all the believers of the earth before the actual uh, coming of the hour of judgment. Number three, the confirmation of Qiyam that indeed there is a day of, or an hour of resurrection, time of resurrection, day of, of judgment. And number four, the prohibition of building, places of worship on the graves or the performance of salat near the graves even without any structure. Because the masjid is the name for the place where one prostrates. And in fact, it is more general than that. The, a masjid is a name for any place where worship takes place. As Shaykh Salim Taniya mentioned in the end of the notes here. Uh, any place that is taken for worship, it may be called a masjid. As the Prophet said that the earth has been made for me as a masjid and as a means of purification. Juhlat al li wa And this hadith also has been translated almost everywhere incorrectly as the author, as the translator has translated here incorrectly that the earth has been made as a clean and... Uh, as a what? a pure and clean mass this is wrong the meaning of the hadith ju'ilat al-ardli masjidan." the earth has been made for me as a masjid, a place of worship wa as a means of purification tahur means purification and tahor means the thing that you use, the water that you use for purification the meaning of the hadith is that the earth has been made for me and including his, the Muslims, his ummah has been made as a place of worship a masjid and also as a means of purification meaning? meaning, huh? a tayammum, naam, that the earth is a means of purification if a Muslim doesn't have water he can use the earth, the surface soil of the earth for tayammum so the earth is a place of worship, a masjid and it's also a means of purification So any place that is taken as a place of worship, it is included in these hadith, it is also considered as a masjid. The relationship between this hadith and the chapter is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of building, places of worship over the graves, or praying near the graves. So what about those who worship those who are in the grave? And the relationship of this hadith to the topic of a tawheed, is that in this hadith, those who have taken the places of worship and you have made the graves as places of worship. They have been described as the most evil or wicked of humanity. And that is because of their glorification of those who are buried in the grave. And this glorification is an act of worship. And any act of worship offered to other than Allah is shirk. Before mentioning, uh, before closing, the author mentions two notes here. And the first of them is, the possible confusion that one may have between the hadith of Saudan radiAllahu anhu concerning Taifah al Mansurah. that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the hour will not come. Yani that the Taifah al Mansurah, the the supported or the, the victorious group from amongst the ummah of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم, will remain. حَتَّى يَأَتِي أَمْرَ اللَّهُ وَحَتَّى حَتَّى that one group at least of the believers who are on the right way who will be victorious supported by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remain on the earth until the hour of judgment that might be understood to be contradictory so what has been said here that the hour of judgment will not come while any believer remains on the earth so here the author says that the possible explanation of the hadith of that the Taif al-Mansur will remain on the earth until the hour of judgment it is that in the Hadith of Thawban حتى يأتي أمر الله it means يعني the أمر الله means the command of Allah or the hour of judgment as in another Hadith the hour of judgment is mentioned specifically he said it means that this will not come until the death of those who remained from al and and mansura yani that they would actually die and then the hour of judgment would come it would not come until they are removed from the earth and this is yani a way of understanding the, uh, the reconciliation or harmonizing between what might appear to be a contradiction yani that as long as they remain, they will, not, they will remain supported and protected by Allah and the hour of judgment will only come after they are removed from the earth. The other point that he makes here is the rulings or ahkam al qubur as four. He mentions four rulings or ahkam related to visiting of the graves. The first of them is that the men visiting the graves without traveling to a grave, yani visiting the grave in the place where they live, that this is mustahab, it is commendable, it is recommended, it is beloved, it is a commendable act. Because it reminds one of the hereafter. And the fourth rule, which I skipped the second and third, because the fourth rule is related to the first one. The nisa l the visiting of women to the graves. He says, wa haram. This is haram, for visit, for prohibited. Due to the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, zairat al That Allah, his curse be upon the women who visit the graves. However, in this issue there is difference of opinion. And there is a long discussion concerning it. Some of the scholars of the people of Sunnah understood that these hadith are in reference to the women who visit the graves I mean, repeatedly, but not the mere visiting of a grave and the proofs of this are many, the proofs of this are many from amongst them the woman who was visiting the grave when the Prophet came upon her and she was mourning and he told her I mean, that she should be patient, she told him get away from me the Prophet didn't say to her that you shouldn't be visiting the grave but he told her that she should be patient and this is one proof and likewise the hadith of Aisha that the Prophet was was with her on her night and he went out to the cemetery to visit the grave and she followed him and she went to the grave and the Prophet after she ran back he came back and he came to know that she visited the grave and he didn't tell her that it is prohibited for the women to visit the graves and there are other such hadith which show that the mere visiting of the grave is not absolutely prohibited for the women however in any case, it's an issue about which there is difference of opinion, and the author, he understands that it is prohibited. So he mentioned that of the rules of visiting the graves, it is prohibited for the women, and Allah knows best. The other two rules, the second and third, is building upon the graves and lighting up the graves with lamps or so on. Uh, this is prohibited because it is of the means that lead to shirk, and those things that lead to shirk are also minor shirk. Number three, supplicating those who are in the graves, whether supplicating them as an independent entity that can answer your supplications or as a means as they go between an intermediary between you and Allah all of this is major shirk supplicating them in any way is major shirk because dua it is a form of ibadah and offering ibadah to other than Allah the shirk finally the author mentioned that which was mentioned after the first or second hadith in the original text of the book Uh, he mentions it here near the end and that is the statement of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, has prohibited in the end of his life, he prohibited yani such things as building places of worship over the graves and so on he prohibited it in the end of his life and he cursed those who did so while he was at the point of death, in the agony of death whoever did so and also those who pray near the graves he prohibited it uh, even if they didn't build a structure around it. And this is the meaning of her statement that is Aisha radiallahu anha khushia and yutakid the masjidah. That it was feared. Meaning by the companions radiallahu anna majma'een. That his grave might be taken as a place of worship. For that reason they buried him where he was and they didn't bury him in the open. For indeed, Shaykh al alayhi says, for indeed, As-sahaba fa-inna as-sahaba lam yakunoo liyabnoo hawla qabrihi masjidah. Yani that there is no way that the companions of the Prophet ﷺ were going to build a structure around the grave of the Prophet, taking it as a place of worship. And every place that a person intends to pray in it, then it falls under the ruling of taking it as a place of worship, even if there is no building. And every place that one prays in, it is also called a masjid as the prophet ﷺ said that li al-ardu wa tahura that the earth has been made for me as a place of worship wherever it may be even without any structure and as a means of purification this is the end of what the author has mentioned here and that which is remaining are the Messiah, which inshallah we have ten minutes inshallah before the iqamah or we have about fifteen minutes but we will take ten minutes so that we can leave on time from the Messiah that the author has mentioned briefly and some of them and all of them are very important some of them may have been hinted at in what has been mentioned so far and some of them have not and amongst them the first of them is what the the Messenger of Allah mentioned concerning those who build masjids for the worship of Allah in them but near the graves of a righteous person even though their intention even though their intention may be correct and even though they have a good intention in doing so the Prophet cursed those who build, place the worship over the graves doesn't matter whether the intention is well-meaning or not and this is because there are some actions the hukum or the ruling concerning them is related to the action itself has nothing to do with intention and yani if a person commits adultery it doesn't matter what the intention was it's haram the huqam concerning it's haram no matter if the person says but I was well-meaning I was doing it for some good reason like these people saying we are building the, the masses over the graves for a good reason it doesn't matter this comes under the ruling of those actions the hukum of it is related to the action itself without any consideration of the intention therefore those who build place the worship over the grave no matter what the intention is it is haram and the second issue that the imam mentions the prohibition of at tamathil images al fi and that the prophet made a severe condemnation against doing so and this is especially in the case of those images which are generally uh, glorified or exalted, whether through the habit of, by the habits or the customs of the people, such as pictures of one's parents or grandparents or children, or that which is prohibited in the Sharia, yani pictures or images of the righteous and the awliya and the prophets and so on. All of this, it is prohibited, and the matter concerning it is severe. That is, because it is from the means that lead to shirk. Number three, yani the lesson that is learned from the mubalagha yani the extreme, yani extent to which the Prophet sallallahu went in warning against doing so and how he made this clear first yani during his life he warned the people against doing so and before his death by 5 days just before his death he also warned against doing so and he didn't leave that as being sufficient but even at the point of death before death overtook him, before his soul was taken from his body he warned the people against doing so and this shows that the matter is severe The fourth point is his prohibition of building or taking as places of worship any place near the grave and he prohibited this even before his grave was present in his lifetime even before he was dead he had prohibited from uh, doing so that anyone should do so Number five that it is from the ways the Sunan of al-Yahud and Nasara, the Christians and Jews that is taking the graves of their prophets as places of worship Uh, and here Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Usaini mentions concerning this point which I just want to try to go through the points quickly without mentioning his comments because it's too long he said that taking the graves of the prophets as masjids it is from the ways of the Christians and Jews and evil is a person who takes as his Imam the Christians and Jews and he imitates them in the most evil of their actions number six his line or his curse of them for doing so yani for building places of worship over the graves of the prophets number seven that he intended by cursing the Christians and Jews to warn us, to warn his ummah from taking his grave as a place of worship number eight the reason or the cause the illah fi adam ibraz kabrihi, yani the reason why his grave was not left into, in the open it was for fear that it might be taken as a place of worship Number 9 and even today we find some of the people going to the grave of the Prophet saw them four walls away the metal walls four walls away rubbing on it as though they are going to get blessings from another wall that metal may have come from Germany or France or any place doesn't have any blessing in it whatsoever Number 9 the meaning of ittikhaduha masjidan what is the meaning of taking the, these graves as places of worship it means building over them a place as a masjid and it also means praying near them as a place of worship and it also means praying towards them as one's Qibla and for this reason the walls were built in the way they were built around the Prophet Sallallahu grave so they would, they would not be taken as a Qibla and likewise the side of the masjid where someone might pray was closed and it is not allowed any on the south east eastern side of the masjid, eastern side of the grave it is closed during the prayer time so no one can pray in that place So that it will not be taken as a place of worship and when the masjid was expanded this last time, it was expanded in every direction except in the direction of the side of the grave, except it was expanded on that side behind, far behind the place where the grave of the prophet is taken so that no one can pray in that place. And all of these are precautions to avoid falling into that which leads to shirk. Also number 10 that the Prophet ﷺ has made a comparison between those who take the places, the graves, the places of worship and those who the hour of judgment will come upon, meaning the kuffa, he has compared them being similar and he has mentioned the closing of the way that leads to shirk, yani by warning against such action even before he died. Number 11, is mentioning in his khutbah five days before his death a refutation of two, of two deviant groups who are the most evil of the people of bid'ah that is the Rafida and the Jahmiya, and there is no time to discuss them however these are the two most evil of the uh, people of bid'ah and even some of the scholars have placed them outside of the 72 sects and the prophet some said 73 sects and in my ummah will be divided in 73 sects all of them will be in the fire except one and those 72 are still from his ummah and they might be punished for the evil in the hellfire if Allah wills justly. And if Allah wills, He may forgive whomever He wills. However, they are threatened with the hellfire for their deviation. Some of the scholars of Islam didn't include the Rafidah and the Jahmiyyah even in those sects which are promised the hellfire, but they they included them as being out of Islam completely. And then he said uh, that the Rafidah they were the cause for the appearance of shirk in the earth, and also for the worship of graves. And they are the first ones who built places of worship over the graves. Number 12 Number 12 he said I, can, I need to look at how the Prophet Sallallahu has been tested Min شدة yani the severity of the agony of death And the pain that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was subjected to at the time When death approached him and his soul was taken from him It was severe And this is yani a proof That Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala intends to test with suffering and pain in this world those we love the most in order to raise their status and to reward them with the greater reward Number uh, 13 the extent to which the Prophet ﷺ has been honored by being taken as a khalil with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and no one of all of humanity has been taken as a khalil for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other than him and Ibrahim salam. Number 14 the uh, clear indication that. This is the status of khulla or being khalil. It is a higher status than al mahabba for indeed Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu has been taken as the, يعني, the one who is loved by the Messenger of Allah He loved him more than anyone else. However, he didn't take him, he didn't reach the level of khulla which is a proof that al-khalil is higher than al muhabba. Number 15, also the clear proof that Abu Bakr Siddiq, that he is the best of sahaba, higher than all of the other sahaba and the best of humanity after the prophets and Messengers and finally number 16 an indirect indication of the Khilafah of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu in that the Prophet said that if anyone was taken as a Khalil it would have been Abu Bakr al-Siddiq uh, however Allah has taken him as his Khalil this is a clear proof that the best of the Ummah is Abu Bakr siddiq after the Messenger of Allah and in the third minutes remaining if anyone has any questions we can take them or comments or corrections and then inshallah, we will go to the prayers. Naam. Naam. Then he at the grave, making supplication for the people in the grave. There's no harm in making supplication for the people in the grave. And it is from the sunnah. That a person supplicates for the people in the grave. Even in passing by the grave, the Prophet used to supplicate for them. And he also used to enter the grave. He used to enter the graveyard, the maqbara, and he used to supplicate for the people who were buried there, for the believers. Now, it's permissible to supplicate Allah for them, even raising one's hand. Raising the hands and supplication in general, it is legislated. This is a sunnah. Except in those places where the Prophet used to supplicate and he didn't raise his hand. And if he used to supplicate on any occasion and he did not raise his hand, then we shouldn't raise our hands on that occasion. But on other occasions, it is sunnah, and it is one of the means of supplication to be answered that one raise their hands. And if I'm amongst the places where supplication is not legislated, it is contrary to the sunnah, is in the khutbah of Jummah. And it is not from the sunnah that one should raise their hands when they supplicate during the khutbah of Jummah not from the sunnah because the prophet didn't do so nor did he tell anyone to do so nor is there any proof that any of the sahaba did so so it is not from the sunnah in other occasions where there is no proof one way or another there is no harm because the general rule is raising the hands for supplications at the time raising the hands for supplication in general any other question or comment ومن الله أرسلوا وليهم شافظين سلونا الذين آمنوا الكسار على الأرائك هل من بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اذا تسنى ام الشفقات وادى ربها يثقطت واذا الارض مجذت يا